Hey there, friends. Before we get to a brand new episode of the official Do Good Better podcast, we want to thank you, the listener, for subscribing and sharing with all of your nonprofit friends. Most importantly, we need to be thanking the sponsors to this very show. Hey, if you're in the market for a CRM system that makes your life easier, there is no better item in your fundraising toolbox than DonorDoc. DonorDoc is not only the premier sponsor to the show, it is the premier and intuitive CRM system that not only has everything you want, but has zero things you don't. No one needs complicated, especially when you wear 10,000 different hats at your nonprofit. So get DonorDoc and use Do Good Better at checkout and get a month free to try it out. Thanks, DonorDoc, for being an awesome sponsor. Hey, speaking of life being easier, fundraising is not... And as a listener to this podcast, I hope you found some insight and tips and tricks on how to make it a little less challenging. But if you're looking for a more content, more done-for-you templates, weekly support, and a community of other do-gooders like yourself to either commiserate, challenge, co-create, or celebrate with, join Do Good University. Hey, it's our brand new membership site. We have hours and hours of on-demand trainings, exclusive guest expert webinars, and access to the entire Do Good Better crew to answer all of your pressing questions. All of that is for an affordable monthly fee. So visit dogooduniversity.com or click the link in the show notes for details. Hey, get ready for another episode of the official Do Good Better podcast. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. And I think one of the problems that I think, well, I know for a fact Nonprofits are terrified of talking to businesses because they don't think, A, they deserve a seat at the table, and B, they don't know what to say when they get in the room with people who are business leaders. That's a problem, especially because you're going to want to have partners like this to build your uh, fundraising ability, your partnership ability, your uh, network ability, your influencer ability. You got to be in the room and you have to be at the table. And yes, you deserve to be there. But how? How is the problem? Um so we have a wonderful guest today who's not only going to walk us through a couple of these things, but we're going to talk about equitable giving. We're going to talk about sort of this general movement and sort of this idea that uh, trust-based giving is, is a thing. And if you aren't involved with that, I think you should be, uh, well, I won't spoil it for you. Francie Richards, she's a VP of Social Responsibility at the Allstate Foundation. Francie, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Hey, thank you, Patrick. I'm so happy to be here. I am ecstatic for you to be here because this is a topic that I think a lot of our nonprofit brethren really struggle with. And it, it starts with, I don't know where to start. And that's really, I think, a lot of the, um, the, the frozen moments where they may have a phone number or they might think that they know who to contact with at whatever organization or charitable foundation or whatever they, but they don't know what to do or say next. So, I'm so appreciative of you sharing your perspective and your awesomeness with us today. But before we start that, I mean, goodness gracious, people might find us on iTunes and Spotify and, uh, well, YouTube, for goodness sakes. And they might find that this topic is particularly interesting, but they don't know necessarily a lot about you. So 
Could you kick us off with a 5,000 foot view on who you are, what you do, and why we're talking today? Yeah. So my name is Francie, and I have the privilege of leading social impact at Allstate and the Allstate Foundation. Um, I come to Allstate, I've been here now about two years now, but I come after a decade uh, plus in nonprofit, actually, and government service. And I've done a host of things through education. I, st- I technically started as a social worker. I've worked in policy. I've, I've been chasing the answer to the question, how I can make a difference. And in the last couple of years, I began to understand really the limitations of the nonprofit sector and the government sector to do these things alone and got really curious about what role business might have in helping to solve some of these entrenched social issues that a lot of your listeners have been working for uh, their whole careers. And so I'm, I'm thrilled to be at the Allstate Foundation to get to learn more about this, this uh, kind of third leg of the stool of social change and how we can do more together. I, I love that as a setup. And, and I think the question that I've been really pondering lately, like obsessively, is why on earth do businesses give in the first place? They don't need to. They sure as heck don't have to. Uh, there might be some advantages tax-wise, but other than that, there's no real um, individual outside going, you got to give, you got to give, you got to give. So maybe we can start with that. And maybe your perspective on the Allstate Foundation itself is, why on earth do businesses have any business giving back? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. And I'm I'm thrilled whenever I see generational data about this, because I think uh, taking the position that businesses don't have to give back is increasingly unacceptable by consumers. And so it gives me a lot of hope about how we might see business step up even more to give back. But you know, I can speak from the perspective of Allstate. We think it's our purpose to help customers in their time of need. You know, when people need insurance, they're going through something really difficult in their lives. And it's our, you know, our job to try to make them whole again and help them get back on their feet. And so it's it's core to our business and who we are to give back. And that is why we do it. Um, the the history of the Allstate Foundation is really interesting in this way in that we have been able to align the way that we give back to our business. So, um, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, the number one leading cause of death for teenagers was actually driving fatalities, car accidents. And so it was a business imperative for us to figure out a way that we could help train teen drivers better, make the roads safer. We have a history in advocating for seatbelts and airbags. Um, you know, there was there was a business tie-in, but there is also just kind of an inherent purpose reason for why we give back. Um, and I think a lot of companies are coming to terms with the fact that people will uh, put their business and, and their their resources with brands and companies who stand for things that align with their values. Um, you know, why wouldn't you want to shop with a company who you know also benefits the community where you live in and your employees? really want to know that they work for a company that benefits the community. So it's, I think it's less and less uh, uh, ability to, to not give and to not show up societally. Well, I think that's such an important thing to say. And I'm so appreciative of you uh, sort of walking through that because when you are a nonprofit and you're like, I don't know why 
they would even be interested in talking with us, this meager, meek, little, small nonprofit doing some really incredible work. Why would they even want to talk to us? Because you've given, it's it's imperative now, because generationally, I think that next uh, group of individuals who are going to be business leaders are really hell-bent on associating themselves with a work that does things uh, in a way that helps the community and I think that's very important to them. You see any um, particular HR uh, you know, numbers or or survey results, it's always like, I want to make an impact. I want to do something. Kind of you said it similar on the, uh, at the top of the show. It's like, how on earth are, what am I doing uh, to find my way there? And But you talked about something super interesting, the word alignment. How, how do you look at a nonprofit uh, and say, this we're aligned together and how does a nonprofit maybe approach you to say i'm curious to see if we're aligned together what's that first sort of interaction yeah that's a great um way to start the preparation i would say because you know if you're like me live in a big city i'm here in chicago when i was a nonprofit leader and a fundraiser you walk you know, the streets downtown and look at all these buildings around you. And there are countless companies who theoretically could take interest in the work that you're doing. But increasingly, I think that is what the companies are trying to do with their limited resources, because, you know, these these giving units are not the biggest proportion of their budgets or the biggest, you know, size teams within these companies. And so they are trying to find where is their alignment with what we do for a business, be it a financial institution, a retailer, and what the service is that um, your nonprofit supports. So if you are in food or um, you know hunger related issues, I would narrow my list of prospects in, in corporate to those that I know maybe have a retail footprint, maybe have um, maybe an in-kind way of partnering as a kind of step in the door and really try to figure out just by core of who they are um, as a business where, where there's a, a mutual interest. And then after that, take a look at their philanthropy and the things that they get involved in and 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 help yourself by chasing the right uh, targets. Yeah. Well, it's also a great way to counter any board member who says, well, just call Oprah. She'll give to us too. Elon Musk has some money. We should just tell him. It's easy. Just call him. This gives you a really good way of justifying not indulging that type of suggestion, which is horrible. And we all know it. And the eye rolls in the back of the head. I can hear them uh, from listeners currently, uh, which leads me to, okay, I think this might this company has things that align properly with our mission, vision, values. They They seem to be... Um, either by proof of, of whatever they're else supporting or the community in which they live in. I think that we are a good fit. Now what? Because knowing that you're aligned well, or even having a gut instinct or even some insider baseball on how that goes, that doesn't help us get in the door. And I think the terrifying first step for nonprofits, especially the small and medium-sized ones, is I don't know who to call, what to do, and when I get them on the phone, what happens when I freeze up and I just don't know what to talk about. So that's a lot to throw at you, Francie. But can you kind of walk us through the approach and maybe the approach that works best for the Allstate Foundation? I think that might be a a first uh, line of business. But 
from your experience in the NGOs and your experience in the nonprofit world, how do you take that first step in approaching a business that you think is aligned correctly? Yeah. Well, I think I would break it into two sort of paths, um, at least in my experience in fundraising. Uh, there's a top down and there's a bottom up. Mm. And so, of course, if you have a member of your board or an existing donor in your community who's connected to an executive at that company or someone who you know has some influence, that's certainly going to be a pathway forward. Um, you know, I would I would caution any um, I don't know intimidation or any feeling that these companies aren't accessible. They're they're made up of people who live in the same community that you do yes. and who care about the same things and same yes. things that you do. They just happen to work here for a living, and often like. I would say half of my inbox every day is comprised of my colleagues at Allstate who know about a cause or know about an organization and they want to be helpful. So, um, you know, kind of liberate yourself of feeling like a burden in asking for a connection because often um, people want to be helpful. So that's that would be the top-down approach. And certainly that's, that's one way. Um, if the alignment isn't there, then, you know, that that's going to be what it's going to be. But that's certainly a way to have a, a breakthrough conversation. The other thing, though, that I think people don't utilize enough, in my experience, at least in the last couple of years, is the more, um, I guess, bottom up approach. The employers, the companies have giving programs for their employees. So most of the time, there is a way for at Allstate, for example, our employees can volunteer for eight hours and they can earn a $500 helping hand grant for the charity where they just volunteered. And they can do that two times a year. They can also donate to a charity and Allstate Foundation will match their contributions dollar for dollar. And so that's another way that you can connect with your neighbor who works at Allstate or connect with um, you know, someone in your church or in your community who works at one of these companies and say, you know, thank you for everything that you're doing. It's it's building um, a relationship for us with a company that we're trying to grow. Could you help us navigate where the decisions are being made for these programs? Um, and when I see that we have 50 employees involved in this nonprofit, it helps me understand that our employees really have a passion for, for this organization and the cause. I, I hope everybody paid attention to that because this is this is a, this is as clear of two paths as you can get and gives you a blueprint on how to engage whatever business is out there. Uh, number one, getting individuals who know individuals who are higher ups. Again, it's that if you have a board member or a volunteer or somebody who's a donor who really loves your organization and they go out and talk nice about you, we talk about it all the time on the podcast, third party endorsement exponentially more important than first party solicitation. They expect you to go out and ask for money. They don't expect someone who really loves what you do and has no immediate impact, but just kind of resonates with you to go out and solicit on your behalf. That is a very attractive proposition. I don't have any stake in the game, but what they're doing is amazing. That puts some ears on notice. And so if you can, if you can engage with those who love you the most to engage with other people, boom. But what I think I am so obsessed about is what you said on path number two is find ways to engage the employees. If you're a small nonprofit, one of the things that you know is that there are not a lot of donors. 
and the donors are shrinking exponentially. And you see this with donor retention all over the place. Pay attention to how you get individual people, just like you and me, who have a really good benefit of why they want to help the community, find them, cluster them together, because individuals like Francie are telling you that they're paying attention to groups of people who are doing the same thing in the same communities because... They said, oh, well, our employees are naturally drawn to this one. We should probably pay attention. I don't know if you could get any clearer. I can't thank you enough for that. Uh, that is that is such a wonderful thing. And then when you are engaging some of your employees like this, you see a group of 20 or 30 or 50 people. What is that? What goes through your brain and what goes through your mind as somebody who's a part of the foundation that's like, wow, there's something going on here? What's that? What's that? What's the synapses in the brain? What are they doing? Um, I am my, you know, my next thought is to chase where employees are passionate and make sure that our systems are set up to, you know, to keep supporting that. So for us, we have internal opportunities in place where if I know that a group of employees in Charlotte, for example, are involved in this community garden, then perhaps we're going to invite that community garden to participate in a skills-based volunteerism day where that organization can get um, some financial support, but also pro bono skill uh, contribution for accounting or technology or whatever the case may be. Um, and then, you know, over time, that might evolve into a relationship with one of our employee resource groups who's, um, you know, concerned about the environment. Like there are just a lot of different um, pathways where relationships can go when uh, they're visible, when they're made visible, and when they're a, a passion for the employees. I think the other, um, the the more kind of robust path is though making sure that it's also in aligned with what the foundation is funding. So for us, we don't fund right now a lot in environmental causes or hunger or homelessness. Our causes are ending relationship abuse, um, expanding economic mobility for people of color, and we're focused on empowering youth. And so if I were to see that 50 employees are in Charlotte are also involved in junior achievement or another uh, youth empowerment organization, then it's going to it's going to end up on a different path toward a grant conversation. Yeah. And that, again, that's by asking questions and being curious and doing your homework and trying to find the alignment that's absolutely perfect for you and your organization. And it's okay. And, and maybe I, we can talk about this a little bit too. It's okay for you to not get a yes from a group that's like the Allstate Foundation. And I'm curious to get your perspective on this because I've got my own uh, sort of thoughts on a, a no is actually just a a great clear path for something new. But what do you what do you tell organizations that you have to say no to? And how do you help them sort of navigate this sting immediately on sort of their next step in whatever that relationship is with you or others in the community? Yeah. I the sting is real. I so commiserate with that. And we we try to mitigate the sting as much as we can, but the reality is our, you know, our budgets are finite too. And we do um we do run out at, at some point and, and try to be focused on the causes that we um uh, you know seek to solve. I would say, you know, first and foremost, I think of no as a efficiency step, like it preserves my time and my ability to be able to go after the opportunities that are going to be more fruitful. 
And then the second thing I would say, well, something I'm really proud about, about the Allstate Foundation is we almost never have to say no entirely because we invest in a lot of capacity building support so that if we can't make a grant, we can invite your executive director or your chief development officer to the nonprofit leadership center that we fund in partnership with Kellogg School of Management here in Chicago. Um, actually, I think applications just concluded for this round, but every year, about 30 nonprofit professionals across the country are invested in with the same quality caliber of professional development that MBA students get at Northwestern University. Um, so there are ways that we can still be helpful like that, or with a skill-based volunteering day, or having an all-state officer join your board. Um, there are often ways that you maybe don't have to take no as a full answer, perhaps you could inquire about what other ways the company supports nonprofits um, beyond grants. I, I love that. The the thing you said about getting your time back and clarity on, on who you go for and what you talk about and getting it back into your lane of like people who just love you is so... That is the way to think about it. I love that so much. I would give you a lot of finger snaps, but it's very rude in a podcast that you can hear in the background. Um, th that's that's so beautiful in the way that you can frame that up for a nonprofit. This is not the right place now, but here it gives you the opportunity to go get something that's super uh, that's closer to you. That are that's that. Uh, you said something interesting in the in your previous answer too. On you got create you get creative in figuring out how to build some of these relationships as well. I think as nonprofits, we think of these gigantic organizations and foundations like yourself who are just rigid, this is our rules and we've got no leeway whatsoever. And that I think prevents nonprofits from thinking creatively on how they can engage that. True or not true? Because I have a little nugget of, in I had a little, uh, you like the thing. It's like this. If you tell a chef, I know it's not on the menu, but make whatever you want. Chefs are going to dig that because they've been making the menu the entire time. I get the feeling that maybe foundation leaders or people within the um, who have the parameters to fix this might be interested in creative ways to approach and ideas on to solve problems, just like you and your small, medium-sized nonprofit organization. Yeah. You know, I can't speak for every corporate foundation and, you know, I'm sure the the reputation is earned in, in some way. Um, and the reality is oftentimes a corporate foundation is national or, or an international company. And so they may be more prone to organizations that have that you know, a more commensurate footprint in their service provision. And so sometimes that that could be the reason why it feels so rigid and, and stark. Um, and, and to that, I say, think about the employee giving opportunities. Some, you know, these people are very generous and there are a lot of dollars probably left on the table in these corporate giving programs that, that small and, and medium-sized nonprofits could go after. Um, the other thing, though, I, I would give um, a note of optimism for is I do hear my colleagues in philanthropy starting to have more of an appreciation for how maybe small and medium-sized nonprofits are small and medium-sized, and maybe it's not their aspiration, but it's where they are on their journey. And a recognition about, you know, the demographics of nonprofit leaders and, um, you know, the extent to which some of these big uh, corporate or not 
grant investments are going to consistently these larger institutional nonprofit organizations and whether or not that's right, whether or not that best serves our community and whether or not that best serves the causes that we all care about. Um, I can give an example, you know, the Allstate Foundation was incorporated in 1952, but just two years ago, we decided to do an open invitation um, opportunity and we hadn't done one before. And we decided it was time. Like if we care about equity and, and we do, we need to make sure our resources are more accessible. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of, you know, it was our first time, but I'm proud of how we lived into our values around that. We had about 2000 organizations submit an LOI. We took on the burden of assessing those LOIs and, and not asking anyone to submit a full application unless we were pretty confident they were competitive. Um, we then narrowed it down to 200 and we made about 70 grants from that to small and medium-sized nonprofits that we wouldn't have otherwise funded. And then for those who didn't get the grant, we made $5,000 honorarium grants to those organizations to recognize the work that they put into applying. Um, so these sorts of things are starting to get more traction with my peers in corporate philanthropy, and I hope that opens the door further. I love that. I, again, take heed, small, medium-sized nonprofits. It's not all is lost, and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna do that. What, what I love about that too is that open door to changing, not even changing, tweaking or being open to sort of new ways of how you work in philanthropy. And I'm I'm super curious because we mentioned this before the show and I didn't ask a lot of questions because I'm just genuinely like, I want to be surprised and shocked and awed at whatever the answer is, is that you mentioned something about a trust-based giving, sort of moving away from traditional ways of applications, et cetera. I'm so curious about what that is, and then why did you make this adjustment sort of going forward? Yeah, well, I think it comes out of a recognition of just the society's great needs right now. We've got to evolve the way that we do this. And I think for us, there was just not congruence anymore in the values that we espouse as a foundation and as a company we were very outspoken in 2020 on our beliefs about equity um, and the actions that we took. And we needed to make sure that the way that we practiced our grants making was in alignment with, with what we were saying that we believed. Um, and so we took a, a lot of steps. For us, this is, of course, making sure that you know, the demographic data is is in line and we are actually making sure our resources go to those who are most in need and that staff and boards are representative of the communities served. These are fairly common now uh, practices, but there were a couple other things that we did that I um, am especially proud of. One of them was the grants for organizations who did not did not get a, the full grant, but we compensated them for their time um, and their um, applications. A second one is reevaluating measurement and evaluation. And instead of us dictating what we think is the right way to measure success for that intervention, we're asking those experts in the field to tell us how they measure success. And we are making space to allow that to be the definition of success um, for what we fund. Um, you know, most recently, we have hired a team of program officers and changed what we think is the job of a program officer. Um, to us, it's someone who has 
lived experience who's really proximate to the issue of domestic violence or racial equity or youth empowerment in our case, um, and is someone who has fundraised before. And so then therefore, you know, will be more empathetic to an understanding of the work of fundraising. Um, so we've we've taken several moves at this um, living into our values around equity. Um, but general operating grants, I would say, is, is the bottom line. We are trying to get away from, um, you know, turning nonprofits inside out to partner with us and instead making sure that if it's a technology investment they need, if it's a new head of HR, if whatever it is that they tell us um, through their proven track record of effectiveness is what they need resourcing for, we're trying to be the partner that can can fill those gaps and propel their success. I'd like to give you kudos for that because there's a lot of, um, I think in 2020, everybody was talking about equity and inclusion. And when it didn't get cute anymore, and I mean that in a very, uh, I, I mean that very pointed, when it didn't get beneficial to whatever clicks that you were going to get on social media, a lot of, if not most, went back to their sort of classic ways. And so kudos for you to sticking with that as true and continuing to do so, because that is not the case in a lot of organizations. So that's awesome. Well, I also really love about that. And if you were paying attention, listeners, getting to we don't want to make sure that you have to redo your entire programming in order to qualify for these fundings. And I think a lot of nonprofits look at big entities or bigger entities are like, well, they're going to want a program specific and then we're going to have to design something out. Are you seeing that with your colleagues at some other foundations and other organizations that, you know, listen, like you just said, trust the people who are doing the work. We don't need, we're not the experts in how you're going to run this thing. You just need the money to run it. No money, no mission. Let's give you money. Let's get you your mission and go. Are you seeing that as a trend across others and not just you? The data suggests that our peers were getting um, flexible in that way at the height of the pandemic, and we're starting to see them pull back from it. And so we we are really trying to make transparent what we're learning from this because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I'm a, I'm a former nonprofit leader myself. I know that I know through the thank you email that comes back, the obligatory, <laughs> I'm so sorry, you have to write them, development officers, thank you emails. You can tell a feeling of partnership and a, a feeling coming back from the nonprofit of feeling respected and, and supported. Um, that's what it's all about. And, and there is a real difference in the relationship that we have with our partners as a result of moving in this direction. And I just think it's probably fear, um, you know, for, for transparency's sake, for the nonprofits listening, people like me report to executives at a company often who often care very much about causes, but they are used to uh, accountability um, in a business. And so people in my position are often, you know, trying to ask for something that's atypical and, and we were not always successful. Um, so you, I think you helping the, uh, the funder in the corporate, in the corporation, you know, uh, have that trust 
is is the way to get into the door so that they feel confident in advocating, you know, up the hill like they're going to need to. What's some of the future, if you're in future cast a little bit, yeah. right? So you've kind of seen some adjustments the last couple of years. What are you looking for or look, what are you looking forward to or seeing that mm, this is going to be something that I think we're interested in or we're, or we're going to sort of move towards or or maybe even glance a little bit, a little sneak peek. Are there issues? Are there ways about giving? What What's kind of the look as you've got a front row seat to a lot of the uh, the new organizations into the Allstate Foundation and the conversations you're having with some of these groups. What are you, what are you seeing in your uh, crystal ball, if you will? Um, so for Allstate, I think we are always, we're, you know, there are some core issues that are important to us and we keep looking at new ways of uh, working them. So I'll take domestic violence, for example. We've been um, funding the end of domestic violence for 19 years. We're $90 million into this uh, investment, which is, as I understand it, pretty atypical for a company to stick with a cause for this long. And something I, I'm you know, super proud of. The way that we have engaged has changed and tried to keep up with the dynamics in the issue. So, you know, of course, it started with direct services and people going through domestic violence. We then realized 99% of the time people have a financial barrier to escaping and getting themselves and their families to safety. So we evolved to create curriculum that would help survivors become financially stable so that they could seek mm-hmm. safety. Now, five years into that, we're trying to think about how do we make that available online? It is now in several different languages. How do we build the infrastructure of the system to carry that sustainably so that we can direct our dollars to the next edge of growth, which we think is young people and prevention? We've, we fielded some research last year about the prevalence of financial abuse in preteens and teens even. And so, you know, the more we understand, the more that we can pivot our resources, we hope the better able we are to get at the root cause. And maybe that's the way I would, um, you know, summarize my answer to that is I hope that the, the future of philanthropy is both continuing to support people in need, that is its purpose, but also getting at the root cause and you know, not incentivizing program on top of program on top of program, but trying to use the strength of a brand or, you know, the strength of a um, a group of employees to meaningfully uh, get at the root of some of these issues. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's, uh, I love that. I think that's super reasonable. I think that's super positive. And uh, a, a, this is where I think I love the situation currently, when you kind of look at foundations of glory, I think a lot of people are looking in that sort of same vein. And if you're a small or medium sized nonprofit, I think you're in a good position to kind of align correctly with somebody who's got that uh, sort of vision as well. I think you're going to be in good hands. Oh, well God, done, I said Patrick. It. I, listen, I, Two listen points. I've, been waiting, I've been waiting all. <laughs> program to find a way to do that. And you gave He's me got his all state blue on. Mm. Patrick's ready to go. Listen, I do my best to make my <laughs> guests feel comfortable. I know there's a lot of organizations out there who say, okay, this aligns with what I want to do or explore, or I want to follow along what they are doing so that we can 
um, pay attention and maybe engage organizations and businesses that we're aligned with. How on earth do we do that? How do we get a hold of you? Is there a place that we can start to kind of follow along and get together with you and the All State Foundation? Yeah, absolutely. So we are on Facebook and we're on LinkedIn and we, you know, we try to share helpful content in those places. Um, of course, we have a website, allstatefoundation.org, and you can connect with us there. Um I would say um, part our, our our learning with having open and accessible funding um, from last year is one that we will continue to build on as well. And it will probably be opportunities that are available in our in our areas of focus around racial equity, youth empowerment, and relationship abuse. But if that is a, you know a mission that you are aligned with, then absolutely. You know, keep following us on social so you can hear about when those opportunities open up. Um, I also would highly encourage everyone to visit the nonprofit leadership center from um, Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern. The program I referenced before, we have an online version of, and a lot of the content is available in kind of micro uh, size lessons for you to do self-paced, and they're free and accessible to every nonprofit um, in the country. So we would love for you to see if there's something there on a host of causes, be it fundraising, accounting, getting ready for your audit, uh, whatever the case may be, board governance. Um, please check that out. That's another good way to get in touch with us and and hear what we're up to. There's also a special program on leading with equity where nonprofit leaders come with their board chairs and um, work through together how they're going to live into um, a commitment to equity at their nonprofit. So there's just a host of of resources available. Um, And then finally, you know, reach out to your local Allstate agent, reach out to an Allstate employee that you know, because if they have a passion for what you're doing in, in your shared community, there is certainly a way for us to be helpful. We will have every one of those links in the show notes. And even though I'm a uh, Big Ten Gopher fan, I will still suggest that you may go to Northwestern and go check that out. We'll have that link in there as well. Okay, fine. Uh, Francie, first of all, thank you so much for uh, what you do in the position that you are in to be able to have your perspective and and, and things like this, to come on a show like this and, and help sort of navigate some question marks that maybe some small, medium-sized nonprofits have. That's awesome. Number two, thanks so much for what you do at the foundation to be flexible, to give back to the programming and understand that the boots on the ground are way more important than the programs that you kind of make up and think that are super important. Nay, it's the ones who are getting it done. I love that. But most of all, thank you so much for being a guest here on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you, Patrick. And just a huge thank you to everyone listening who are the boots on the ground and who are doing the work every day. We we stand in support and uh, we thank you for your role in our communities. Absolutely. Talk to you next time. Fundraising is hard. And as a listener to this podcast, I hope you found some insight, tips, and tricks on how to make it a little less challenging. But if you're looking for a lot more content, done-for-you templates, weekly support, and a community of other do-gooders like yourself to commiserate, challenge, co-create, or celebrate with, I want to invite you to join Do Good University. It's our brand new membership site. We're going to have hours of on-demand trainings, exclusive guest expert webinars, and access to the Do Good Better crew to answer all of your pressing questions. All 
for an affordable monthly fee. So visit dogooduniversity.com or click the link in the show notes 